I imagine that right now you're feeling a bit like Alice. Tumbling down the rabbit hole, hmm? You could say that. I can see it in your eyes. You have the look of a man who accepts what he sees because he is expecting to wake up. And welcome to Team Rabbit Hole Edition 240 with Andreas Exertus. Welcome, everybody. And uh, welcome, Jim, as always. Another synchronistic episode. Exertus has quite a few things on his plate to share. We are most interested to hear what he is bringing forth out of either his inner core or inner earth itself. We'll find out right now. Welcome, Exertus. How's it going, man? I mean, there's a Dude, bunch of things on my mind, though, really. Just like womb transplants, all meat that you've been eating if you're not a vegetarian is cloned. And if you're smoking, you're probably smoking cloned vegetables as well. Humans are being cloned. It's been going on for 20, 30 years. Uh, and you've probably already met super soldiers from France and China at a hostel or at a rave somewhere. So that's pretty sweet. Also, Bigfoot had big boobs. And, uh, oh, I got to watch some DNA mate with gold. And it was incredible. There's a whole lot to yeah, unpack. Here. We'll get to that. And I want to get into Papa John. You met Papa John. Uh, you got oh yeah, Papa John's amazing. He's a great what guy. the fuck is that about? Oh, Rafa, I don't know if he told you that. He's got a. He was interviewed by Vice. And then hush, hush. I don't yeah. know. I mean, he was okay, tricked yeah, into it. Yeah, but yeah. Yeah, I don't know what we can talk about, but we'll talk about all these things anyway. Two forty episode. I don't know. For some reason, I feel like sometimes when you've been on here before, it's been the lovers card. But maybe I'm tripping on that. Um, I don't remember all the episodes, but yeah, lovers sounds card. familiar. Right, sounds about right. Um. Black Moon Lilith has actually just entered Gemini, so interesting. But uh, yeah, the uh, 240 episode, 2 plus six, uh, two plus 4 is 6. 6 is the lovers. I am the gateway to divine love. This is about seeking connection with others, blending opposing ideas into one, making a choice, and accepting yourself as you are by giving and receiving freely. So I'm curious. I mean, I'm a Sun and Moon Gemini, so it always resonates. But what, if anything, about the lover's card? You were just talking about DNA and gold mating and all this stuff. Like, <coughs> spill any beans you want I mean, that card. First, first thought I think about is the lover's quarrel. And there's different kinds of love. And so we have to think about the Greek kinds of love. There's Fila. Like we're, we're in love. We're bro-loving right now, right? This is like bromances. Phylos, I love Team uh, Rabbit Hole. Yeah. Phylos is a way to be. And there's, you know, there's Eros and these other kinds of love. But, like, we're just calling everything love. So the lover's card has to do with all of these kinds of relationships and gold, you know, the way if you look at how DNA unfolds, it basically repeats itself like in a clockwork pattern. We're living in this kind of clockwork punk reality where things explode and it untwists and then it twists again and it, untw and it opens and it twists. But when it's trying to break up, it actually gold will go in between it and it'll keep bending it and it, gold won't break. Right. So the gold will keep pulling apart the uh, ribonucleic acid. And then from there. When it goes back together, it's cleaned out the DNA, which is how they're using uh, colloidal gold to clean your DNA and like try to fix mutations and stop cancer for, before they even happen. Um, but that's basically what you know. Ancient Egyptian magic always talks about Ormus, where you take small amounts of gold and it cleans up I your blood. Ormus, yeah, colloidal silver. But now I'm getting a real practical justification as opposed to like 
this alien said so or whatever. Yeah, okay. So the but the but the the tarot kind of deal I think that's interesting is the lover's quarrel because we always talk about the lover's card as being like how they're you know, but like you have fights or conversations that are like ang- antagonistic to an extent, not in a negative way all the time, but there's always a quarrel in relationships. Like, oh, I have to talk first or you're supposed to talk first or you know, she needs to do this or I have to do that or else she won't. You know, it's like those kinds of things I think are really interesting about the lover's card. Like the dynamics of polar- polarity aren't always love and light. I mean, that's kind they're of not always it's like, like really easy and blissful, yeah. you know, like it's like joy is not happiness, you know, like you get to be like, Oh man, today was exhausting. I'm in, I'm in joy, you know? Yeah. Happiness is kind of a, uh, a substitute. I mean, we've kind of, <laughs> I thought you were it's like gun. a low common denominator. Right. So it's like, I just want to be content. Like contentment somehow is happiness, but it's like joy is like, I mean, that's what Jesus was saying. It's like, therefore, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. It's like, it wasn't fun, but he knew it was worth it. That's love. Or that's love. Love is so, everything. So, so ha- anyway. ha- happiness is a warm gun, but joy is a smoking bullet. Something like that. And everybody wants to do something except for me and my monkey. Or I forget that lyric. But uh, <laughs> anyway, yeah, lover's card. Interesting that comes up. And it's funny in the green room, I was just like, I just literally was late because I was trying to wrap up a miscommunication with my partner. So um, That's real. And I'm binging Star Trek Deep Space Nine. I don't you know too? Epic. Are you good. watching it? Yeah, well, I mean, like, last time we were talking, I was all about Deep Space Nine. So I'm still, I'm no, pretty much, SGN, now I'm I doing did, a bit of, yeah, I'm doing a bit Deep of Voyager Space. as well. And so, so you're one step ahead. I think you're I'm always one, one ahead. You got the merch. <laughs> we don't have the merch. You got the website. I'm like, Raphael. Oh, man. Have you seen, have you seen the merch? Can I just, like, really quickly show? Like, I, 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 Talk about it. Well, well, no, no. Where's the, uh, hold on. Where's the the one with the – here we go. If I go here and then uh, – there we go. So now I have shirts with my – and bike shorts with my face on them. And you can even get my face on a T-shirt or on a pair of running gear. And there's even, you know, these cool leggings and stuff, leggings that have symbols and, and shields and, and everything. So there, And also, you know, hey, if you want, there are yoga mats and beach towels and everything else. So that's so that's pretty behind exciting. the design on all this, is there any like esoteric high weirdness? Like oh, is it sigil tons. art or yeah, of course. Everything I do is sigil art, right? You know, to every extent of the of the law, I guess is the way to put that. But yeah, I mean some of this stuff is like really historical and like some of it's like about Tartaria. And so it's really informative and artistic and has, you know, cool things going on but the exertus merch is like straight up it's exertus in every language that i in, in the phonemes in arabic and russian in tartar uh and i've got my sigil which is like the othal i mean everyone got upset at it but i've had that i come up with that as a kid that's it actually like an ancient, a rabbit it's an ancient rune it looks like a rabbit you're totally on it you know exactly it's supposed to mean like a prince and then i've got like croatian flag stuff and isn't so it that the rune that's also being used in the game Hades by Supergiant Games. I'll totally look that up right now. That Probably. would be funny so because they escaped th- from Tartarus, you know? <laughs> what? Oh, that's incredible. One of the things I saw is that CPAC used it and then they got claimed as it being a hate crime. Because they're like, oh, you know, Germans used that symbol once a thousand years ago. And you're like, really? Okay. You're always yeah. on the edge with those hate symbols. It's like, I love Keck. <laughs> oh, well, you know, the, like, the, arabesque, the arabesque is a hate symbol. So the at sign actually because no. it, had to, it has to do with the metric weight and it had to do with they were stealing from the natives and they were trading wine it's like an 11th century uh metric from when they were robbing the native people of like huge amounts of they're like you have to give an unreasonable amount or we'll kill you of these you know berries for wine and things like that so every every symbol has been misused i think the real 
point of what this conversation is don't charge a symbol with negative intention or it's a bad idea to do that in my opinion because it's probably going to catch up with you and that energy will the best thing to do is charge symbols with positive intention and you have to remember that you know the the beauty of this era right now is ignorance everyone's so in this blissful ignorance they don't know anything they they aren't familiar with there are chinese people running around with hitler masks right now shooting paintball at each other on with mardi gras beads because they have no context you know what I mean? Because all they do is make this stuff and sell it, and they have no it's idea like what Mardi Gras is. But like the translation's so whack. It's right. Like, well, and it's that way for us about our past. Everyone about the past, and so that's yeah, that's that's kind of a beautiful thing. It's a fresh point to start. So the lovers card is giving us this energy. Raphael, you haven't pulled an angel card. I'm kind of curious what you got. Uh, not yeah. to cut you off. No, you can always rip. Like that's why I, Andreas, you're one of my favorite people. Like you're about as Team Rabbit Hole as it gets. In fact, oh, I, I love you too. more Team Rabbit Hole than me. No, I, no, no. We are. We are. I like to be. Tri- I like to feel part of it, though. I like to feel like because this is a thing, man. It's a definite energy. No, that's what I was saying the other day. I was like, I, I was on acid for the first time in the year. The other day, I hit up Rafa. I was like, "Love you, dude. We got to use music because goddamn, I love music." That was one thing that came to my mind because <laughs> I was just listening to uh, Tears for Fears, their first two. Uh, nice. Uh, yeah, uh, songs of the big chair on acid. Um, it's really important, so it's super psychoanalytical. And then Carol on Tuesday, which is a really cool anime. Um, I was crying and moved to that. But the point is, I'm totally digressed. You need to do an angel, Raphael. But there was something I was going to say, but I totally spaced on it. Fuck it. So tell us the angel. Yeah, don't worry, it fits well enough. So I'm not pulling any of these angel cards, as you may know, but I'm just going through chronologically. And the one you got now is the 54. Again, from Brian Lars' Angel Tarot deck, Wizard of Art. It is, of course, the angel of rejuvenation and eternal youth. Who would have thought? This angel helps you attain the mercy of God and longevity, protects the heads of state, presidents, monarchs, princes, and all the people who devote their lives to spirituality and charity, favors the continuation and legitimacy of families and business stability, helps people who need help from individuals in high places and provides a quiet and safe existence. Affirmation is, I choose a new direction and use my energy for a better, more constructive purpose. And angel qualities are, of course, eternal youth, healing and legitimate succession, amongst others. Very Gemini. Yeah, it's right there. And I'm even thinking, it's like, uh, I don't know why you do what you do, Exertus. Like, I mean, I don't know the origin story like that. It's like, you know, was there an accident in the lab and now you've got this alter ego? I don't know what happened, right? Like, but um, at some level, I think that the spirit through which you've been manifesting your creations, however flavored they are, is probably from a very similar spirit from which this all came from on our end. So I think that's why we kind of mingle well, because it's like no matter what the trajectory of our independent efforts or whatever, um, it seems we're, uh, you know. I think it's also open to game theory. So, so many people, like, if you tell them, like, what if the world was inside out? Or what if the world was hollow? Or what, it's like, like, what if everything was not the way you think it is? You know, that's a lot for most people. But if you're a kind of person that can actually put your whole reality and your perspective in a box for a second and be like, oh, you know, in bizarro world, it would be like this. It makes you a completely different kind of person. It makes you more free and less afraid of paradigms collapsing around you, I guess, because you're like, well, I could just use this other paradigm. This paradigm so, collapsed a long time ago. But right. Jim wouldn't want explanation. 
Wouldn't one explanation be Pluto in Scorpio? Isn't that a generational theme? Oh, yeah. that's. Totally, I mean, I don't know your chart right off the top of my head, but I'm guessing you're about my age, so we both probably have this 25-year kind of thing. We're here to fucking burn down the house. I mean, Jesus flipping the tables, being like, fuck, this shit is Pluto in Scorpio. So it's just like, actually, some analogy I sometimes use when I'm reading people's charts. It's like, you know the people in movies, I don't know many off the top of my head, but like war movies where there's just like carnage. And it's like some of these people. Are yeah, we were raised in that the late well, 80s dystopia movies. I was like, that's where I'm headed. I just got to grow up and get into it. You know, well, the carnage is like capitalism and nation states and gender identity, whatever it is, like all this politics. My point, I guess, with the analogy is like um, in some of these movies, like everyone's like, just give me morphine or something. And then someone's walking around with a spear, stabbing him in the heart. And it's like, that's really the merciful thing to do. We're not just going like, to perpetuate this bullshit. We're going to snip, snip it. That's kind of our generation. So, but there's a lot of love going on. I mean, that's part of it, Raphael, you're right. Um, but there's a trickster energy. Uh, Andreas has always had that. Can I, I mean, can I, can I is. supplement that with an accurate um, evidence of your point? Uh, Jessica Alvis, have you heard of this person? It was the dude who went and, uh, became like Asian, I think, and then eventually decided they were a woman. And now they've decided that they they won't feel like a full, complete woman until they get their womb transplant, and they're planning in a womb transplant. And so this is the beginning of womb transplants. She's From another excited. Falun Gong practitioner, or is that already officially cloned? Hey, yo. Well, <laughs> I mean, just asking, you know. <laughs> no, I mean, fair enough is the is the point. I, I would point out that it says that she did, or he or she or whatever is going on, did the reassignment surgery in February. That's like Pisces, Aquarius, probably, but Pisces season for sure. Right. <laughs> I'm just yeah. looking at this. I'm like, That's okay. very, very <laughs> weird point. I mean, I don't even really want to look at all the pictures because it's not about that. It's just more to the point that there are they are in the process of doing human uh cloning and stem cell research and there are they're transplanting wombs uh things like that are already happening for elite people and in particular instances so that they can practice that and make it more you know convenient in general so but that seems like it's kind of part of that whole thing where this is that final thing for a lot of people because a lot of people are like well they can't have babies they're not well oh, okay well then now now what do you got so everything yeah, is in the boundaries it's yeah. just, just open. I mean, we spoke about this before in a sense, I would call it, uh, I don't know, cognitive non-capacity of elite, or I'm not sure what issue they have, but uh, you just mentioned Ormus and monoatomic gold. Even I read a, like in this case, German, like physics paper, which describes that the monoatomic gold loses, I think five ninth of its weight actually. So it's in this superposition state, kind of in between etheric realm and material realm or whatever. And it does all those things you mentioned and more. Bashar even says we could use this for a positive way of chemtrailing and geoengineering. And of course, for the human body. Why are those elite individuals not just consuming loads of that? Why do they have to go this super, again, crude, allopathic, and in my view, completely idiotic route? Are they just too stupid? I don't or think that's it. I don't issue? think these... I don't think these are the real elite. I mean, these are this guy. This is like people. Of course, that are, that's true. Of course, these, yeah. These are yeah. these are the these are the guinea pigs and the experimenters and like I, I mean, it's sad to call us all that, but we are the thing that they're experimenting on. Where they take you know five different viruses and they make five different mutated strains of human, and then they're able to over the next ten years pick off different genes and control it. I mean, that's that's going to be in every way, uh, turning us all into workers. And so the Olympics now, right, by trying to say, you know, that we're basically destroying uh, gender, it's, it's, it's the end of feminism. 
And so it's kind of weird because a lot of people for a long time were anti-feminist and all of a sudden it turns back around and you're like, well, wait a second. Like realistically, like I do want women to exist. You know, I want, I don't, I, I, I selfishly do, but also I think it's fair that they exist. It's right that they ought to it's have like a hermetic polarity principle. right to that's exist. Like, well, yeah. I and mean, that's a big reason why I'm selfishly saying I would like a her- on a hermetic level. I think polarity is the more powerful function and it's something that we can use to mitigate the powers that be. If we divide that, then we all, or if we, you know, homogenize that, then we all become the worker. The worker will not have the strength that the family nucleus had against the elite. Genderless think, Legos. Here we come, no? But do you guys think, that, okay, so pole shifts happen. <laughs> oh, the ideology. I mean, well, this actually gets into tricky stuff because the data that I'm looking at in terms of pole shift evidence might be not what you guys believe in. I mean, we don't have to go to Garthic right now about it, but pole shifts, right? We'll get there. Evidence through uh, the nickel or whatever magnetite in the fucking core of the earth or whatever science I've heard that's told me, yes, we have a kind of tree ring situation where it shows the flippage. I'm wondering what, um, in polarity is the lover's card, right? Versus like, look, here's the poles and they mingle. At some point, even within a marriage, like men can be more submissive, women can be more dominant. Like these hermetic poles aren't absolute. And I think there's shifts sometimes. Kind of like maybe at one point it was like, you know, I mean, I think if you watch the movie The Mummy and it's coming to mind, it's right. like Ra is a solar cult, but we have a lunar cult. We do weird shit over here and now they switch and it's like power. It's well, I mean, women right? women were always strong. So ironically, you know, this it's mostly a cultural suppression of the female. I mean, we have matriarchies. We've had men wearing wigs in courts forever. We always have worshipped women being the the the, the economic word economy means in latin running of the house it comes from women running society you look at balbec they were the accountants women female lions hunt you know like on any level that you look it's it's the octopus mother that is the thing so it's never going to be that women are this weak thing i mean they're the thing is that men though are more expendable so and they're also they're testosterone because they're constantly trying to build their own thing and you have this idea of constantly trying to protect 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 defend 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 which is the female thing actually is to hold the dna safe and not mutate and the man is trying or the male is trying to mutate as many which ways as possible because the mutations it's the advocation of the future because the, the this thing that's been saved is good but this this thing that's been saved is also from the past and it might not know how to deal with the future so the best thing to do is find somebody who can predict the future find a mutation that's future proof and then add that mutation so people talk about conscious evolution like we're going to have gattaca well isn't that literally what society is it's where we've taken dna from different hosts based on like abstract things like our personalities and our social economic platform which is also why they've tried to make it easier for people of different statuses to meet and they've tried to break down the idea of status entirely but blavatsky talked about you know an the androgynous proper dating website it's like, yeah absolutely that's, the, that's true but like you know at, at the end of the day you've always had um a royal wife and you'd have five or six uh mistresses that had kids too if you were an elite you know because you had to have backups if your family were murdered poisoned your 10 year old you know six-year-old kid so there were always you know people like like that um, and then those people became important in society. So you have people that are the bastard royals that kind of were considering the aristocrats. But what are they? Well, they're like the gossip court fill that we're listening to the media about all the time. You know, they're 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 paid better than some people because they're upholding the thing, but they're underneath it. 
Um, but I wanted to show also, because you brought that up, uh, what the future holds in terms. And, and so when you say like the media says we've done, we're, we're about to do something or we're doing something now for the first time, it usually means it's been going on for a generation, right? Like it's been 25 or 30 years since they started doing this. But so France and China, and I've got other papers on 20 years ago where they started these in vitro labs in the Caribbean because the Fr French Caribbean islands and the Chinese actually own Caribbean islands as well. And also islands in the Southeast Asia. they started building these super soldier islands and they're genetically modifying kids or actually babies before they're born and cells and then giving them hormone treatment all their life. And they're raised isolated. And again, this is, you know, you can imagine China doing this, but it's interesting that France is doing this and, you have to also know that France controls huge, you know, sections of Africa. So the likelihood of this being, you know, a combination of African uh, stolen DNA, essentially, and of, of soldier races and gut faunas and things that the French foreign legions have procured and created these concoctions that are like super soldiers, you know, this is perhaps unfathomable to most people. But this has already been going on long enough. That you've probably met some of these people like in your life, because what they're doing is then they're taking them after they're grown in these like Carmen San Diego, like bases. And then they bring them to the West or to Europe or to play. And then they have them interact and with the college kids in high school, you know, sometimes they'll send them to these rich boarding schools, but otherwise they'll just put them on the street with real people in hostels. So people are already starting to uh, come up with accounts where they've interacted with these. Some of these rap stars have talked about this, but some of the things that they've said, they had brain microchips, bionic eyes, super hearing, he um, health implants, enhanced limbs, exoskeletal leg. It sounds like X-Men, synthetic nano bloods, bloods that can hold oxygen for longer than iron can uh, and pain immunity. So these are the kinds of things that are going on. And America is pointing this out because they want to have this as well, you know, and America is saying, well, everyone else is doing it because France is saying everyone else is doing it. So you have to wonder like how big of a deal are super soldiers and, you know, that's kind of happening. Okay. So I have a couple questions around this uh, because this gets, we we're talking about hermetic principles and stuff. And I was talking about pole ships. That's why I was bringing it up because of the cause and necessity of maybe paradigm ships that maybe get forced on us. What you're kind of talking about is more mm, paranoid is a strong word, but like, you know, like it's a certain light of looking at things. I'm not even, not you, how you're doing it, but that article and those kinds of ways of thinking. Um, I've been reading this interesting book called God. I am from tragic to magic uh, with Haley, my fiance at her suggestion. And it, for a while it was really off putting. Cause I just didn't like the way it was worded. It was just like, I could have edited it. Like you could do this so much better, but that's judgmental, whatever. But anyway, it's getting to this point where it's just like, I mean, kind of reiterating a Bashar quality, I guess, Raphael, where it's like, look, we're all just kind of playing out our preferences. Enjoy the fucking ride which we talk about a lot, but there's not, it's one thing to talk about it. Like in the afterglow of an acid trip, it's another thing to like live it. So I'm wondering at this point, if like, what do you guys think of the, I mean, it's all, it, okay. It's hap. Let's just say it's happening. Um, we've had conversations, I think probably over a year ago, you were on a Royal rumble type thing where we were talking about like human zoos and shit. It's like, is this just where the dream wants to be going? Where it's like, Hey, if you want to be like a non-gendered, like, womb transplant thing look you can dream that dream now or whatever i don't know how um i'm trying to transcend morality like beyond good and evil but still have polarity respect if that makes sense so i'm trying to respect like universal law I, but understand i don't within. i don't think it's a negative thing necessarily you have to look at it from a different perspective that's like 
the next generation will be ubermensch, right? Like according to this Nietzschean principle that humans are going to keep evolving, then we cannot be the apex and neither should we have been the apex. There probably are things that were better than us before us. And there probably will be versions of humanoids or hominids that are better than us in the future. And simultaneously right now, there are probably people that are better than us in certain ways. And that's okay. At the same time, you can be yourself, which is enough. Like you don't have to be, but like we were trying actually in terms of that super zoo uh, idea, let me really quickly pull up the human zoo on this Island in India. There's the Malga Dishu off the airport. There's this Island, uh, what's it? Kaimata Grande. And for like a thousand years, they haven't let anyone visit it off the coast of India. And they like, there are people there that will like wave at you, like and scream if you come close, but you can't get that close because you'll get in trouble with the governments because they're keeping it as a human zoo. Uh, so, and there's a number of places probably like this, but this is one that has been outed as existing. So definitely human zoos are a thing, you know, and there will be like, this is something you guys have talked about before, right? Where some people are like, I don't want the nano implants well, and stuff. It's and culture that's, like at another level. I mean, the human zoo is yeah, essentially- There will culture, be people- so Bavaria there will be is not North Korea is not you know no people places are places are kind of worse than zoos because places are like sim cities you know you've got these um coal mining towns you know they were originally at a slave town you a slave plantation you know and it's a plantation because it's a company that owns the whole town and this you can't have around slave, the economy you say you can't have that anymore it's like okay from now on I'm going to pay these people to work here and charge them to live here and for the food they eat and because they own all the stores, or at least nowadays they own the land underneath the stores that are being rented, they're getting enough money back from the work being done, plus taxes are going back into the city, and they control the city. That They've basically built this perfect, it's like a prison state, it's like also a treadmill, and it's it, it generates enough of its own wealth, like a Rick and Morty generator. That's... That's worse in a lot of ways, I think, than a human zoo. Because a lot of human zoo, zoos, you've got monkeys smoking cigarettes a lot of the time when people throw them in there. And they're at just hanging out. At least they're getting like fed for free. That's the big difference, right? <clears throat> right. Yeah. Like, they're, at least they're getting fed for free. Um, so, I mean, but there are, you know, on that point, Bigfoot. So, let me pull up Bigfoot. So, there's a there's a thing. Bigfoot is, like, a pretty big story. Everyone's always like, what? Bigfoot? Everyone's squash settings are oh, big around here so Apparently. so i'm not from a huge like I, I i i was not like huge into bigfoot growing up and but i've met a lot of people recently who are like oh yeah bigfoot exists i've met a lot of ojibwas who are living in minnesota that are completely convinced uh he's there when i was in shasta recently in lassen they're like bigfoot lives here of course and so when you start thinking about this idea of bipedal hominids with gene flow what do we know about it? Well, humans and Denisovan and Neanderthal and all these other kind of Cro-Magnon, they have gene flow. Dragon That's, man. I think we just found some new shit. Well, so this idea of the idea of, of hominids, like, okay, if you take a horse and you take a donkey and they mate, they don't have, they have a sterile child because the, the promoter sequences don't cross. The mule doesn't have the promoter sequences of either working because they can't read each other's data because they're different kinds of animals. They're that different. Humans though, for whatever reason, Denisovan, Neanderthal, Floriensis, you know, Heidelbergensis, they can cross DNA. We have the same exodrivers in our DNA, so to speak, that we can still have offspring that continue to reproduce. And we have, you know, we're all partially Neanderthal, the, the Caucasians. So that's pretty crazy and interesting, all right? So this idea though, that they went extinct so long ago, that doesn't make sense anymore. And this idea that they were in a long line 
you know, first there was this and then came that and now we're here is also wrong. It sounds like they were all at the same time. And at some point they all died except for us. Okay. And they, but it, the point is we were all around at the same time. So how long ago did they wipe out Denisovan, Neanderthal, Fioriensis, Cro-Magnon, bipedal hominids like Bigfoot, the Sasquatch. Like how long ago was that? Well, the idea that some of them still live in giant state parks that 93% of us can't go to and 400 people have gone missing in the United States in the last couple of years alone from, uh, actually I'm starting to get it. I think there is something to it. Now, this is a Patterson picture where they've got Bigfoot and it's a guy who, this is the thing that's weird about the Bigfoot costume. If this was a costume, and I always kind of assumed it was a costume, this is what's the weirdest thing about it. Do you notice the chest of Bigfoot has huge breasts? Bigfoot has big boobs. Do you see this? This is crazy. Like, why? Why did they? Why would someone make a costume for Bigfoot having it's a very big boobs? Fight club. <laughs> it's so the more the more you look into the Patterson footage, the more you find out. Like, actually, this is an area where. Supposedly, there's been a numerous amount of these bipedal giant sightings and that Bigfoot uh, is a female and if they were caring for their youth. Um, and so that's kind of interesting. That that's why you would have caught it. For the most part, it's like a night and it's out of caves and everything else. But the thing that's crazy about the Bigfoot area is that's where they say there's a hollow earth entrance as well. We'll get back to that in a second. Briefly, right, so. I want to hear Raphael's opinion on Sasquatch because I've been semi uh, – somebody basically came into the coffee shop. I'm a barista right now, and they were talking about the Sasquatch Museum not far away. I had actually that week taken a screenshot off of something with like the map of Colorado with all these pins in it showing all these Squatch settings because I'm not in on that wave. I'm like, you, I'm like, I don't care, but whatever. And then the, I was seeing some of the video evidence. There was this – I don't know what it's called or whatever. I'll try to look for it and send you a link or whatever, but basically there's like – you see like Colorado scenery, kind of like whatever Southwest Colorado scenery. Um, and it's, you see kind of like that uh, silhouette, like far away. And then they show a man who's like six, four and 200 plus pounds. And it's like, not like it's dwarfed comparatively, like in the same um, basically photo angle or whatever. So I'm not saying that's proof, but I was like, that's compelling enough for me to like go, huh? Like I'll, I'll look at it a little more. Um, it's interesting. Raphael, I'm kind of curious what your whole, cause you have like a, phasing in and out of reality kind of theory you've said before where you say like yeah they're among us but they just shift frequencies or something like that that's and not then necessarily my theory so there's uh let's say two three data points one is at the alien.de so for germany conference in 2019 there was one woman speaking about all these abduction cases which you mentioned she was like reading different case studies and you know people vanishing and some you know sometimes they die what's interesting is that adults die more often than children and you always get snatched at a point where there is no camera, even if it's almost impossible. But, you know, like this one centimeter that's not covered, that's where people disappear, right? And then oftentimes, if the children reappear, what they tell is they say, yeah, uh, whatever. And basically, I was taken care of by a big bear. Okay, right. what, what could be a big bear, you know? And the explanation as to why Bigfoot can never be found would be within the Bashar storyline that uh, Bigfoot actually is... I guess Homo erectus or whatever, you know, Neanderthal was, which was not modified in his storyline by, you know, aliens, but with certainly superior technology. I want to mention this again than whatever they're doing now. Um, this created Homo sapiens, but Homo erectus stayed, kept developing, didn't have so much language as I understand, so had much stronger psychic powers. They just kept developing down that route until eventually this would be the explanation. They, 
you know, ascend to fourth density, which means they can easily play with time and space. And co most concretely, specifically means that they can teleport, basically. And that would explain why it's so difficult uh, to find them or to photograph them if they don't want to be photographed. Although there are some like Sasquatch hunter channels and so on, and at least some people even seem to have communicated with them, like through scribbles and through putting stones there and different ways. A little so gifted there's a few hunters, like, yeah. Feathers and stuff. Yeah, it's, it's a bizarre thing where it's like, it's something that I've never looked into and because of the amount of negative hype around it, like you're stupid if you look into that, I just haven't, right? It's like been that kind of thing. But there's a lot more, like once you start looking, I mean, this gets weird because I, I don't know about y'all's presuppositions with evolution. Like, I don't know if Raphael's looking at these images and saying this is bullshit, but um, the fact that, yeah, like basically, you know, a bunch of Cro-Magnons were forced to Southern France and like had wars with Neanderthals and shit. Like the world was a crazy place at one point. It's always a crazy place, but like things we don't presume to be fact might've occurred just like the weathering on the Sphinx and all sorts of shit like that. So we need to be Gemini and right. North node is Gemini lovers card. We need to be open-minded and, and be well, just check out, things check without, out the, like, check out the mainstream narrative. I mean, it already says this now, like, so DNA has not to, not you should believe in the mainstream narrative by any account, but it's like, usually that's the first lie that you can take apart. It's the closest, the, the first lie is the closest to the truth. You know, you have to figure out what they're inside outing or whatever, but the fact that you have all these different species, they're supposed to be different races, but they can't be because they end up being able to cross back and forth like dogs. You know, humans are essentially part of this. And that means that there's a lot of similarities between the Neanderthal, the Denisovan, the Cro-Magnon, the Hedelbergensis, et cetera. The, the Australopithecus is not that different is what that means. And so along that way, whatever those differences are, like we need to figure out like how much that was genetically modified or that literally could have just happened through conscious evolution, because it's not unlikely that in a very short period of time, uh, humans could have divided in different environments and within like maybe like 10 generations, like probably you could have a, a, within a couple hundred years, you could have a completely different looking kind of hominid. I and mean, especially because if certain large ones grow and they, uh, they thrive and certain small ones grow here and they thrive, the differences, you know, in environments in the islands where it's better to be small versus in Northern Europe during the Campi Fiegri volcanoes and you had to live in caves and you had to hunt mammoths and larger animals than bunny rabbits and foxes. That's going to be, you know, a different, there's a different conditions for it. But the story is, of course, that there were 13 kinds of humans that were engineered, right? At all at the same time. And that they worked together. Some of them were in control, but they weren't very strong. And there were some of them that were really strong, but they were not as smart. And they ended up organized in order to build the pyramids, right? That's like the ancient legend. And then after that, like we were Babylon. We were separated from each other. We were unable to communicate and became different kinds of people. There's also the 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 deluge story, which is that um, I think this is before that. But just briefly before you go on, this yeah. the one version you just explained would mean there was a stratified society with different even genetic, let's say, capacities, but in a sense well ordered, and then later those got separated, but also homogenized in a sense. Because right. I mean, yeah, in a way at least, or mixed, or not kept pure yeah. anymore. Okay. Right. Yeah. I mean, nothing is kept. And that's the thing. It's like this idea of purity, especially racial purity is like ridiculous. And I hate to, I mean that more in a scientific sense. It's like, if you look at how it works, it doesn't work that way. 
<laughs> like it it's very quickly evolves and changes and then it moves in with other things. And the, the, the thing is you want to have DNA that's hybridizing all the time. So different areas will get the most polar differences because you've had several generations of it not. So if you have two islands like Japan and England, right? And they're totally separated from each other for 300 years and they mix together the DNA then you end up having like uh, sequences that were Elton John. Okay. Well, you have you have health you have healthy sequences because some of these uh, diseases that are really specifically British and some of them are specifically Japanese, those mutations will cross each other out. So this is why hybridization happens. But then what happens is you have a new thing that happens for a while, and then that eventually has to it, it becomes inbred, right? And so that's really the term. Music, any kind of evolutionary thing. It's like hey, yeah, it's like music, got yeah. classical music, and it's like well, we're gonna use African rhythms, and now we've got rock and roll, and now we've got you know, it's, it's craziness. Get whatever you need to get. Uh, obviously, um, Raphael, were you saying something a second ago? Did you finish your thought? I guess is my question. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, I did. All right, because we're all over the place. Because even with my mind earlier, I'm not gonna harp all the way back, but. It's funny to me because I I think there's a bias that one could have as a new age type person where it's like, oh, the Orwellian AI robot CRISPR trans Luciferian agenda and then like the Pleiadians or the fairies or the, the perfect golden people of Atlantis or whatever. I'm not even saying that's true or not. I'm not really getting into that. But it's, I'm wondering at this point where it's like, hmm. If I find a scientist that's smarter than my own body, I'll gladly let him edit my genes. I haven't found it yet. Very <laughs> well, simple. That's true. So I, well, guess I mean, why don't you edit your own genes then? Like you could get bio uh, genome compiler. If that's the only reason, then get the software. It's free from... But also I'm not smarter than my own body yet. And I want to meet anyone who can seriously claim that. So, but yeah. That's fair. <laughs> so the new age has this kind of idea where it's like the divine masculine is kind of submitting and the divine feminine is taking over. Uh, if you want to put it that way, right? Where it's like there's a pole shift and now men are having to hold the space, which is kind of a feminine quality and women are like standing up. I'm I'm wondering if that's being mimicked in an equal opposite, almost like a clepote way, like would be the gnarliest way to look at this where it's like, oh shit, you know, like that transgender womb pop star Instagrammer. Is yeah, like, that's the like, retarded version of all of it. Yeah. Well, that's a very biased way to put it. Yes, but I'm I'm wondering if it's just like the same thing, but mirroring and going, it's all happening, but like some people are trying to hijack it more. Maybe it's like, it seems like there's shifts happening. So people are becoming more psychic and more super like, you know, I'm not saying veganism or psychedelics are going to do this, but it's like people are turning on to a lot of their potential. And then other people are like, well, you can have titanium shins, I guess, come on in for the surgery or, Hey, you can, you know, it seems like there's like a bastardized version and like a pure version, but I'm trying to even get beyond that judgment where I'm like, it seems there's different manifestations of this occurring. There's definitely different manifestations, and I don't know, Exodus, if there's any studies on, for example, the longevity or the empathic capacity of those super soldiers or anything like that. Because, I mean, I'm all, you know, in that storyline with, you know, Shadowrun, Cyberpunk, that's all cool. But, uh, you know, as I keep qu asking the question, is it really viable? Have they said anything else about those super soldiers except, you know, these Cyberpunk-esque installations you can get by now? We can't hear you, Exodus, I think. Or we can. Say that again, sir. No, I just wanted to ask you, in terms of the super soldiers, if you've heard anything else, whether anecdotal or research, that's talking maybe about their capacity in terms of empathy, 
their longevity or even their spiritual capacities because that's the other game i'm kind of seeing is that it, it appears to me very much there is this one Isn't force this the whole that tries to they, so, they try to promise they try to promise you everything all these great capacities you're super strong you will be smart and you can download your information but you could already do that etherically spiritually if you maybe you wouldn't poison yourself so much you didn't you know? watch black widow i can tell but you should watch godzilla and black I didn't widow see either I yeah so, watch both. <laughs> so yeah like so i was taken to see it i wouldn't have uh, gone to see a movie i'll admit but like at the same time by a super soldier he said yeah. you're gonna come now exertus to this more or less screening. but the, the thing is it's like it, black widow is about a mk ultra kidnapping a russian girl who's raised by the state and they're like she's secret agenting all over the world since she's a little child and so is this girl who's like her sister but they're just orphaned from the soviet union and raised to be super soldiers it's like super awesome and reminds me of gamora and her sister a little yeah and it's it's fair i mean it reminds me a lot of people i know but the thing is it's like it's, it's a pervasive part of our reality and the other one was godzilla and in godzilla the bad guys are monarch or no no no, sorry my bad the good guys are because mon monarch is like the mk ultra programming thing la, 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 la. but like if you look into the godzilla show there they've got like an as above so below kind of weird triangle it's not quite an alistair crowley symbol but it's like it wants to be and they're they're super soldiers that are like the best of the world some of them are empaths or psychics you know that can you know, feel what other people or things are going through. Cause that's the sixth sense is to be aware of what other things are going through. Really. If you think about it, like their feelings. Um, and they're, they're, they're just, it starts to dig into the Disney Disney now owns the whole of the MK ultra uh, comic book lore. So it all started to feed together. Right. I mean, this is, yeah. I mean, now we've got this point where super soldiers are like yogis. You've seen the GI Joe yoga. Uh, they have, yoga gi joe stuff now like yo i have a set of gi joes that do yoga positions i mean the future is going to be psychic soldiers uh, more prevalently and then hopefully less and less of a common population i think that's what a lot of the comic book lore is saying is that we're getting rid of the normal people as we're able to make sure that we don't have too many super villains right because the problem is when you have that many people that don't stop at traffic lights what happens society collapses so they want to make uh, sure that only well, certain. That's a long stretch. That's well. Well, okay. Maybe maybe society's not the word, but order. The potential for will you know. uh, will abuse is real. When you start yeah. having individuation and in mass, it's like that's the whole point. It's like, oh shit! If you're a wizard and you're a wizard, that's the whole point of superhero hero yeah. shit. It's like, oh my god, what's something else? Because you're bringing your character to your power, etc. And I didn't watch the Godzilla thing, but wasn't it like Godzilla, King Kong, and I guess Mech Godzilla or whatever? So yeah, like yeah. Reptilians, mammals, and then AI. Or yeah, whatever. or like late stage capitalism, automation, and like you know, human. I think it was kind of like you got Godzilla in a weird way is this reptilian uh, Draco order. Yeah, and then King Kong is like the primate that represents like the inner beast man kind of thing, like the inner the alpha male Klingon Cro-Magnon thing. Yeah, it's like the yeah the Nietzschean Klingon, but like the super Sumerian um, epic of Gilgamesh, like the beast wild man. He's the wild man, you know, in a lot of ways. And then automation, because like Mechagodzilla is the problem, and so Godzilla realizes he has to help man destroy automation. It's kind of a good metaphor. Which is kind of the point of the Matrix, <laughs> and now the Matrix Four is coming out with the Wachowski sisters, I guess, at the helm. So I'm kind of wondering how that magic either keeps 
going or if it's been supported. Anyway, we could talk about any number of things. Um, As Matrix I'm, comes up all the time and is the recurring theme, I mentioned it last year already, but Exertus, are you aware of the background stuff with the whole uh, Matrix screenplay and who really may have written it or not? Right, yeah. Oh, man, Sophia uh, is her name. Yeah, she, and... she was the first one, which supposedly she's a shill or whatever or paid, and the other guy is called Thomas Althaus. And oh, he supposedly wrote the screenplay and he at least himself, he did a recent interview again with Sarah Westall, worth a watch at least to consider. And he says he even getting called by Sophia Stewart and she's like, yeah, I don't know, like kind of bullying him or something. Like it seems like more she's a plant, but also that he's got a lot of information from different Hollywood individuals that say, oh my, because you even didn't sell out after all these years. It may actually be that Hollywood could come down by the Matrix, which I would find incredibly amusing and fitting. I do find speaking. it really weird that they're making a fourth Matrix after this whole scandal with who actually wrote it. And it's obvious that they were better at comic book Is art. Is that a public created... scandal now? Because I'm only aware of it from alternative media. Is that like more in the mainstream now that they could well, not have written it maybe? Or I guess, I guess, that's, I guess, I don't really know. I feel like it's... It's I, like Operation I guess... Paperclip. It's out yeah, there. I don't... I don't think people even really, yeah, exactly. I don't think people even really care that they've had gender reassignment surgery, you know? So for the most part, this idea of Sophia Stewart or we well, say Thomas Althaus, was it? Right. Yeah. So I haven't heard of him yet. I'm going to look into him more, but I did talk to Sophia and, you know, for, for the most part, it sounds like she was more in the Terminator inspiration and she had a number of right. ideas that they picked up on. But in general, that happens all the time. People talking about things. But yeah, no, she has an interesting story. At like very least, her monkey. book, her book for the fourth Matrix is like pretty interesting, and it's it's available. I don't want to like hyper spoiler it because like you know I know she's that's all she's got, but it's about uh, essentially like if the virus of the Matrix takes over Neo, and so if there's any correlation between what happens in her fourth book and you know the the movie, I would be surprised at this point. Because they think they, they must have come up with a completely new, you know, gender-based story. It sounded like they were saying it's going to be. So we'll see what it's about. But I think the Matrix in general, though, like had to happen at some point. It's just this idea of the material illusion metaphor in technology instead of Buddhism, right? Like, so that was kind of an inevitable. In accordance with the spirit of the times. And that's, yeah, that's and there's... the weird part. What's not necessary? I mean, that's kind of what I'm getting. It's like, it seems like if, you know... If uh, Jeffrey Star wants to exist, his preference is to exist right now, and there it is. And if you know, you got. Uh, it, it it seems like the madhouse is becoming more colorful, but we're also becoming more aware of the programming capacity, while simultaneously, paradoxically, being like imbued in the program. You know, uh, you had you had Mike Wilkerson on here, Stellium Seven, who does uh, the Elephant Earth stuff. We did stuff together. Good guy. Did you did he talk to you about Concave Earth, about the idea of like inside out reality and everything? Or, no, I don't think we talked about. I don't think it was mentioned on show, but he spoke to me about it. That it's one of the things he considers most interesting new insight, let's say, or potentiality. Legit. Okay, so this guy Corish Teed right here. Um, he was, he ended up in Ponce de Leon's fountain of youth zone of Florida, which is now controlled by the Scientologists completely. They like jacked the whole area, but he created this cult that believed the earth was inside out and that we're inside this concave earth. And the universe is this hyper dense, hyper resolution spheroid in the center of our 
Earth that is, as you go into it, it's more and more dense because it's like a black hole that's pulling in all of light and density inside of it. And it's interesting because it seems like a very esoteric uh, way to look at reality, but it also kind of feels like it it makes a certain kind of sense about, you know, in, in, in an as above, so below kind of way, you know. And so this was a pretty popular cult for a while, uh, Koreshanity, you know, in his hollow earth theory. But it led me into like looking more and more into the hollow earth because there's more than just dirt below our feet. I don't know if you know this, but it's supposed to be 4,000 miles to the core and we've only ever gone 11 kilometers deep, which is not very far at all. And that's like the same depth as the Mariana trench. So the more looking into like the idea of like, is the world uh, hollow? I mean, Edmund Haley uh, believed that the world was hollow. Do you know the guy who uh, Haley's comet, right? Haley's comet thought the guy who founded Edmund found that there was like three rings, three spheroids into the center of the earth. There's like a density at the center of the earth that would be radiating heat. that would be gold or metal. And it would be maybe like liquid hot iron that was hot as or hotter than the sun. And now we say that the core is hotter than the sun essentially. And it's the same kind of core as what Edmund Haley was describing. So I don't think that the world is just like these rings necessarily, but that there are, a hydraulic plasma where steam becomes ionized and it shoots uh, jets out making these webways and there's these huge tunnel systems and caves which are filled up with gases saturated water in uh, rocks makes seas there are giant seas that the you know the government and corporations have admit recently are underground larger than any of the oceans combined and Antarctica has these aquifers from draining reservoirs and lakes Africa has the mega chat so all of a sudden it's like, wait, there's this place where there's these caves and there's this avatar land because you have bioluminescent uh, extremophiles that can live in these caves. And we found evidence of this in Antarctica as well, that things that make their own luminescence that live underground, live in the water and saline solutions. So could there be this thing like Godzilla movies talk about? I mean, Godzilla is a very sensational, like it's like something familiar that we make more extreme. Like, Oh, what's a monster, a lizard and a big well, one. Caricatures aren't untrue. They just exaggerate elements. Right? Yeah. I mean, there could easily be large reptiles, but there could also be like large cephalopods or squid that live in these seas, you know, things that are weirder though, than we could imagine. I think that's the thing with the elephant mounds is that they could easily look like something weirder than an elephant when you finally get down to it like it looks like kind of an elephant today but what if it's just a freaking giant monster you know because like it, the leviathans might have been just moving meatballs across the earth of mushroom and my and minerals that they're consuming and just like excreting gold and iron as they like move like slugs across the surface. like right a slug a giant slug is actually terrifying if you think about it so I don't know, but like, I think it could be that there were these really hyper advanced, so, you know, with vertebrates and everything else, as he says. And if that's the case, well, the Godzilla movie is that Titanologists, just like he referred to himself as a Titanologist, Titanologists live in the modern and they work in the monarch programs and they're finding out the world's hollow. And then that's where all the Titans still live to this day, as according to the legends of the Tartarus, et cetera. So, I mean, all that stuff starting to come out into like Disney-fied mainstream I think it was HBO or something, but still, you know. Well, I'm just thinking of other cultural things. I remember um, Journey to the Center of the Earth, this like 1960s kind of thing. Dude, like it's 18, 18, uh, 
1850s, right? He wrote the book then, but the movie that I saw, I didn't read the book. I'm not that cultured. Uh, Jules Verne wrote it in France. He's from like West Coast France, Nantes. And it's like they have mushrooms that he cuts down. They make like log cabins out of mushrooms. Like, I mean, these giant mushrooms. And then now they say, oh, guess what? There were giant mushrooms at the beginning of time. The last reset, there were no trees. There were giant mushrooms. So that book, just like any other Jules Verne book, has turned out to be over and over again, more true than, you, than anything else. You know, you go back to Journey to the Center of the Earth, um, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, the uh, Trip to the Moon. I mean, dude, oh, yeah, Jules Verne. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he's crazy. Uh, Air uses the, um, that footage because that was one of the first, like, films, I think, uh, Journey to the Moon thing. Um, Air, Le Voyage de Lune. Or are you sure it was Air? Are you sure it wasn't uh, Smashing Pumpkins? They oh. did the melancholy in the official this right. video, but then Air did a whole thing based on okay. that scene because they were kind of mimicking, I guess you could say. They saw, let's say, Billy Corgan saw the footage and was like, "Let's do that aesthetic." This kind of that tracks. That Whereas, tracks. Uh, Air is like, "We're taking the original full-length film and we're going to score it." There's a movie called Hugo about how the guy who made that movie lost ninety percent of his films. They were all burned, so they could get the silver out of the plastic again all of these masterpieces and only a few of those movies survive but so this idea then of there being a hollow earth like we're gonna burn the film for the silver yeah right yeah no i mean that's kind of what it seems like is they're trying to destroy history uh in an age that was more advanced but secret civilization cities have you heard of this this is the one that's weirdest about Hollow Earth. Admiral Byrd flew it uh, for the government, did an Operation High Jump. He went, they it's found like a big opening. There's a huge hole in the ground, and there's like green, and all of a sudden I'm surrounded by this ice wall. Whoa, I've descended into a city in between the ice wall that's green and has this, and then it leads to tunnel systems, and it looks like freaking Disneyland or you know Epcot Center. Have you seen this? Have you heard about this? What do you think? Minimally. I, like yeah. I just heard him talking about it felt like a weird thing because it felt like there was freedom of press from like or something. He was saying shit that, like wasn't in line with him. Well, he did get ever. he did get killed, but uh, there was like he was recording stuff, you know, for the government, and he was flying in, and they had recordings of him like as he was descending before things went out, and then afterwards they didn't know what he was saying at first, and then after that, yeah, I think he was taken out. We're talking about Admiral Byrd. Right, yeah. In okay, fact, I just recently met Admiral Byrd's grandniece <laughs> in DC. Nice, because I think there is at least one other story, like written in books, where someone supposedly flew into the Earth and lived there, like even with his child for a few years or something like that. Sounds completely fantastical, but who knows? The other interesting tidbit is the recent intelligence briefing or summary by Foresight Institute. You may be familiar with them. They appear to be the most skilled publicly known remote viewing remote team viewers? yeah yeah and uh, they remote viewed the whole situation i mean all kind of situations and their summary was in terms of admiral bird because the question would still be he got destroyed at some point maybe he did expeditions before that do you know this this would be possible right that there were several expeditions oh yeah there was a number he did the north pole and the south pole but anyways they mentioned that at least for the one when they basically in some way it seemed they want to get after some secret holdout Nazis or something, and he came back half destroyed. According to Farsight, this was some kind of etheric or alien group that deliberately attacked them, but allowed them to live, so that then if there would be any negotiations later with the President of the United States, the negatively polarized group would be sure 
that the president wouldn't agree onto anything with a positively polarized galactic federation type entity because they wouldn't give him any technology. And according to the remote viewing, the US president back then, I guess, Eisenhower or someone, I, I'm not even sure, behaved like a like a little child and was like, no, I need the technology because they were so scared of whatever happened at the North Pole. And uh, yeah. Have you heard about the Mount Erebus disaster in 1979 where New Zealand plane exploded going over uh, Antarctica by a volcano? No. Yeah, so that was one of them. And they sent like some crazy MI, you know, Five Eyes spies information people to go retrieve what they could because they had to get every piece off of the volcano because of uh, A, you know, the families, but they, the bodies were destroyed. But B, and taken, I think, disappeared. But B, the uh, the plane pieces, they didn't want to pollute Antarctica. So they had to go back and like try to pick up every piece that had been destroyed. Uh, I have a friend. Yes. I bet he closed the wrong window, is my theory. He'll probably be here in a second. Um, in the meantime, we'll kind of just pick each other's brains on something. Because uh, I'm not a – look, have you seen Loki, Raphael? Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, like that. The whole thing is like, here's a system that works, but it's built uh, off of. Uh, we knew you was, disappeared and pressed the wrong button. I, I was like, like I was like, oh, oh that was so brutal. I was like, all the tabs, all the tabs, all the tabs. Okay. Library of Alexandria tabs gone. Oh man, um, no. Where did the? Okay, so is this it? That's Over how here? quickly an entire civilization gets destroyed. So I had a I friend who's in the military. So I had it. a friend. I had a friend in the military. I was going to work for Raytheon doing remote viewing. This is their base in Antarctica, and it looks really cool. Oh, still do yeah. that shit. No, do because that for I have internship. No, dude, because <laughs> I, I, I know so many people that have died in Antarctica that I'm not down. And I have friends who've been there that have gotten back, and they're like, "Don't go. It's not worth it." I have a friend who was in the military base there, and the, their job was to essentially to go pick up all the trash because like they have a bunch of trash they have to pack out and he said it was like 80 percent condoms like every time like he's like there's just like crazy sex parties or whatever is going on with the (laughs) science experiments yeah like a lot of weird stuff goes on in Africa, and people don't even realize how we i mean again i'm gonna go back because you guys probably aren't familiar with how weird it looks there but like this is what it looks like there you know they have these this is the it's it's all it's not like what you think exactly you know it's got there's a whole huge base right here that's all set up and then there's underground places and then there's observatories and then they have tent sites but underneath this look at this mountain here this is a volcano and also it has like pretty specifically mined shapes to it so mordor almost yeah mcmurdo is the uh is the gnarliest space that you're allowed to know about doesn't look pyramidical at all you know you know, that's kind of the thing. So also they say the ozone is different there. Things fall down from the sky and don't get torn up is the story, which is why I have so many friends. Like I have a friend who what do you runs mean, fall down from the sky and not get torn up. So I have a friend who's a, he runs all the telescopes in Chile. Like in, he has a huge, like he's like nine or 12 telescopes bigger than farmhouses or barns. They're like 50 to a hundred feet tall, you know, and they're in Chile cause the ozone's not there. But, uh, people will pay to use those things and for the tours. And that's what he does because he's from France originally and he had to leave when the government found him taking photos of satellites. Uh, but now he likes to try to like play it cool in Chile, get enough money and go to Antarctica all the time and pick up uh, meteors because meteors that don't get torn up and different pieces of where supposedly oh, different kinds of so different. Gotcha. Yeah. 
So there's all kinds of rocks that fall down there and then they don't get just corroded because it's desert. Essentially, it's like a frost desert. So it's like the dream for someone looking for meteorites. It's like um, the shitty part of the freezer where your food gets fucked up by the <laughs> the uh, ice. You know, like when you have a, the freezer and you open it, it's like the freezer burn. That's basically right. America. But, but is uh, there like a map that shows which areas of Antarctica you can actually go to? As no, a man, there's not individual? even a there's not even a legitimate map of Antarctica. That's I mean, the problem. What, what do we have any legitimate map of? <laughs> yeah. But you can you can see what McMurdo looks like and how these trucks exist. And there's you know Russia, Argentina, United States, uh, parts of Britain that are involved are allowed. But like in general, Germans only go through Argentina, United States now. Um, and but they have they've opened it to like certain elite are showing up there all the time. There's all these stories of people. Okay, the good one's the Fitbit story. Have you heard the Fitbit story? Fitbit. Oh yeah, yeah yeah right yeah that's so, a good one yeah. It's, so what happened was Fitbit Cliff had Cliff and Joseph Farrell, I think. Uh, it showed like people using Fitbits all over the world on the map. And they're like, wait, there's a bunch of people on a base under Antarctica wearing Fitbits. Ah. Oh, I love how they're condemned. Dude, this is the shit that I love. I mean, we're in a trickster dream. Let's just be real. Gemini card trickster. It's like, of course, yeah. Fitbit would divulge the secret base. It's like, I mean, what? it's too real. It's too real. Like, cause, and it makes sense because they're a sloppy Silicon Valley company from a Kickstarter, nonetheless taken over well so yeah that's a big thing is i think that oh i wish i found the picture of it but you know antarctica also is the center uh table for the un the un have a big ring and in the center is this ice pyramid and in the center of the ice pyramid is a green triangle and then that has trees planted at all sides of it and that's this table and so it's like all around them they're all it's like so at the center of them is antarctica and there's a green uh center of antarctica itself that's a triangle that's going to be a place you know so. We should be making group meditations where we all try to break down this psychic wall or whatever's going on. It's crazy because I, I guess whatever we need to know, we hopefully will come into knowledge of. Like you know, I, this well, is where if we're not willfully show. ignorant. I'm sure we'll discover eventually. But what I want to know is if the comes out. <laughs> yeah, of course. I mean, if the UN table is structured like this, who really want, runs the show or who's really giving orders? Or, right. Yeah. Well, I mean, so... It's like Game of Thrones, though. It's like, look, we're going to sacrifice the baby and build a wall and not fuck with it, but the White Walkers are really the powerful ones or whatever the fuck. Well, it's weird when you start looking into the, oh, the clone meat thing. We'll do that another time. But you know you're eating nothing but clone meat, right? All the meat you have I'm is vegan. So okay. Cool. Yeah, you can disclose it here, so go full force. It's fine. Well, you know? Wait, what we're, was we're not the, affected. Anybody so else, don't look. Follow Earth Agartha. So the thing is, when they're talking about Godzilla getting from one place to the other all the time, it's because he can go through the hollow Earth really quickly. And so it got really interesting when I was starting to find out that some of these mountains, especially in California, you're like, hey, California is an Etch-a-Sketch. How could there be... You know, well, apparently tunnels can form because of these hydraulic plasma shoots. Then they can become pressurized. They could actually have patterns that they make. And I went through some flumes last, you know, recently. And I'll tell you, man, it's crazy. When you go down into uh, the caves, you can see like Lassen to Shasta to uh, I forget up in um, what Seattle and Washington, the uh, Rainier, St. Helens and Rainier. All of them are connected to the same. They call it a webway because the the lava will be pushed out but it's not lava lava is created by these hydraulic plasma explosions so these chemical reactions which are happening underground in some of these actually volcanoes. dark crystal had hollow earth with like the lungs of the earth they took these like shoots right is that what you're kind right. of talking about there's like tons yeah. of air that breathes yeah exactly and you can oh. go through them and then there are places like so in inside of the earth kentucky here we come 
Never it's either that. there's a sea, there's a lot of seas and places where it's like mud because the sea is actually, some of it's super saturated with stone, some of the stone's super saturated with water. But there's other places where there's actually pure seas of you know pure water, both sodium rich wall, uh, saline, like salt water, like ocean water, and then also aquifers of freshwater lakes, which are bigger than the lakes on earth. And there are man-made tunnels as well that we're familiar with. You know that the military have tunnels across the United States. Russia has tunnels across Russia. China has tunnels across. I mean, everyone has built tunnel systems, uh, but that they connect with these other tunnel systems. For the most part, they found tunnel systems that they've connected to. You almost always want to find a natural volcanic flume because it's like the lava pushes this tunnel out and this pure, like the walls are there. You know, there's just this long, hot uh, tube and glassifies the stone. So wherever they can find that. So then the idea is that the sun in the center of the earth is like a, you know, and this is this core that they talk about. It's supposed to be, according to mainstream science, hotter than the actual sun. And that there would be lands here. This is their whole avatar story. But there's a city called Agartha and also Telos. And so Telos is supposed to be under, uh, where's Mount Everest? Hold on. Uh, is above here? No. Where's Kentucky? Where's... Italy. Where's um, Shasta? Do you see Shasta? Should be somewhere here. Well, somewhere around here should be Shasta. And then here's Brazil. So you can get from one area to the other, probably like here or something like that, or maybe it's on the other side. But Telos is supposed to be, according to like all of these stories, the gold rush is because Telos was destroyed on the surface. A lot of them went underground and they found all of the remnants of gold, which were synthetic left across California coastline and California used to be an Island. California island. Uh, map. Yeah. Just like the, to reinforce your earlier point with Antarctica as well at the old encyclopedia Britannica, apparently they actually write like there is a dome and all these kind of things uh, in, right. uh, and lands and, you know, and yeah, this right. is also a good map. Yeah. <laughs> so this is so it's interesting to look at how California used to look because you have the you know Nova France, you have Florida, which was also part of Nova France because the Spanish, you know, and the French. But at some point, there were almost every map shows that this area that's now full on desert was originally before the gold rush, where they took giant water hoses and they and dynamite and blew up mountains and washed away the mountains uh, into the ravine so they could connect California. And then feedback loops happened because once they were able to con they should make a road across here, what would happen is eventually they would stop the flow. And so it would start to fill up. And this all over maybe like 40 to 50 years filled up with dirt. And then over the last couple hundred years, it's become what is a desert. And they're saying this is like millions of years ago. But no, we have maps of it just recently. Shit could happen. Where is Los Angeles on that map? Just briefly. If, say, if you can know. Because yeah. that's one of the cities that supposedly just built like on a swamp or something. And that could be yeah. an explanation if it's Honolulu, like just built on like that, that ditch. <laughs> you know, they feel well, It's interesting how this map, there yeah. Was a high desert that turned into, like basically, I mean, I didn't check it out, but I was like, this is really lush. And she's like, it wasn't lush like this 40 years ago. It was a high desert. And shit changes i mean things could change quickly so i'm like this could be plausible right well it could be in here somewhere but it's actually kind of confusing because i think uh the way california looks now is very different right so west coast santa cruz is like saint clement area or over here as far as i recall unless it's up here but everything is different because you know this this state now um baja california connects to it in mexico this whole area is uh, considered i think this is where Cabo is right. 
So it would have to be almost, this is Santa Barbara. Okay. So if this is Santa Barbara and this is San Diego, then this is going to be Los Angeles up here, which is crazy because then California goes way further up here and it's kind of uh, focusing. Yeah. That's it. It's, well, very it's unexplored at that point, clearly. At the very or, or, or control, or like it curves back into Russia, right? Because at this point, this oh. is where California, Canada becomes Russia, which is controlled by, uh, you know, no, this is at that point, California. Nova Ruskia or Ruskia Amariska, Russian America. And the capital is Nova Angelisk. And eventually that's in Alaska called Sitka. So just so. to correct myself, I meant Las Vegas, actually. Las Vegas. That's the one I was talking about. Oh, in yeah. terms of maybe being built on a swamp, that could be that area, but yeah. That makes <laughs> sense. Yeah, well, that's perfect. That's exactly, that makes, there you go. Because that map shows, I mean, almost... That's the area where it's filled like in the whole originally. Salton Sea and all that yeah. stuff. Have you seen the disappearing lake in Russia? Mm, maybe. Let me let me pull this up because everyone should see it anyway. It's like a it's a good thing to remember this this can, that we can do this. So the vanishing lake in Russia. So there was a where is it? This is, uh, I'll just wiki it. Now I'll find it quicker. What happened was we took ten percent and uh, oh wow that was another one the the sinkhole well the Aral Sea okay. So at one point, it looked like this in 1989. And in 2014, it looked like this. So this is water. This is not water. And the reason is that they took some of the area up here and they blocked it off so that they could use just this little tiny bit for drink. I, I think it might have actually been this area here because this was connected and they, they closed it or this was open. And so now when that water wasn't able to drain back into the sea every year, and it's draining away, then it, lo it feedback loops into a desert. And so over a period of just 20 years, we've taken the Aral Sea and turned it into a desert, right? So that's what we can do, you know, in a short period of time. It doesn't take millions of years. <laughs> Nature, man, can do it fast. I think that's a great point. So much for watching out if anybody ever shows you hockey stick charts ever again in terms of you know how incredibly more complex nature and ecosystems can actually be and humans very rarely seem to account for that in my experience so we could keep talking about agartha if you want i mean what kind of research have you been doing on that lately because i think isn't that what you were on vice for yeah i got First questions of all, like, of, i got questions that? i got questions for you though like what have you heard about telos and agartha have you heard about the shasta agartha thing before shasta I mean, you're, yeah yeah, well, that's that's the thing. So talk about Shasta and yeah, all Earth. What do you like, know about that? Uh, it's like inner Earth portal, and that's where I've. I mean, I was talking. He's about like, you know, duh. Well, no, there was like okay. Right when I was doing a lot of LSD and waking up like proper in a certain way in about 2013, I was talking to this girl pretty intensely for a few months, um, and she was like, "I'm a reincarnated fairy. I've communed with uh, Sasquatch." at one of these inner earth portals and at that point i mean i'm doing enough psychedelics and i was like just like nah you're cute but i can't do this right or whatever it's like i just couldn't do it so um that's the extent of it i mean at that point i was just like that's a rabbit hole i don't have time so for you it. thought so, you, you thought it was too much you're like wait oh it just got too much i mean i was already on psychedelics like blowing my skull out of on everything you know so it's like yeah I, that was right when i heard about Jeff i find Post it awesome that, oh okay wow it was that oh wow okay it was so for me like three months dude. for me I, I knew all about all those other things like slowly 
And so I never, but like I'd heard about hollow earth originally and thought it was crazy when I was young, like along with Bigfoot and Kendi, you know, I was like, these are things you don't think about or else you'd be crazy. So I ignored it. But hollow earth was always the Jules Fern thing. And so Telos is the name of the city. You know, I'd like to all of a sudden talk to more of these people around Shasta because they're all like, yeah, there's these people that have cloaks and they have gold and they come out of the earth and like they come out of caves or they come out, just come into town from wherever, you know, they don't actually often uh, see them but sometimes there are there are like hundreds of accounts of people that are in caves and like wow all of a sudden there were some people there and i was talking to them um valiant thor is an important one if you look up valiant thor he's a guy who in the i think the 1890s to the 1900s had a connections with a lot of the agartha and there's a, a bunch of accounts at shasta 13 uh, accounts as a book i found that was all these people talking about how they had been in caves they'd met some people that were dressed as normal people uh they almost got kidnapped and then there was a fight and there's like two kinds of groups living underground and one of them was like dude those guys are not to be trusted we just killed them you better get out of here but they got to meet and see the city um and the city is like self-illuminating and just huge and highly advanced and tartarian as fuck and like it's all you know free energy and everything else like they don't have um any uh need for heat because geothermals and they have all kinds of life that grows down there as well including animals that have gone extinct on the surface you know all these stories of like the things that are mystical or mythical that those exist there and that's interesting because again you know the gold they have it's a gold city or lots of gold that so much of the gold found in California is supposed to have come from Telos. The same thing is told about this place in the, you know, Tibet and in India. And so there's Shambhala, there's Agartha. There's a number of these other places. Tartarus itself actually refers to at this point, an underground Hades like place. Hellenism, hell, you know, is this underground perfect place that the Christians eventually said, Oh, you know what? Hell's bad, you know? But it's a sun, right? Like this uh, bright sun worshiping thing, and they've turned it around to be like, no, no, we worship that thing in the sky, not the this place that's been protected that's underground. But so many of the elite they've built underground uh, mansions or colonies at NORADs underground bases underground, people that live completely underground, and there are submarine bases now that if you go on you could look at them up like with the military or the corporations more corporations like switzerland has mining corporations that are looking at volcanoes because the lands are the commons the seas rather are the commons no one owns certain areas so they get gold or iron or or it's theirs for grabs you know so they just put a glass base underground or un, in the sea and then they they like like a james bond movie and then you can see the plans for this because like you know taxpayers for a publicly traded corporation are doing this so there's a lot to this idea of agartha and you know agartha is where all, so many people have heard more of the buddhist tales of agartha which is the same thing as the west coast telos stories but it's a gold city uh, it's underground, has tons of history. They live a lot longer. Giant people, they live to be tall. They're taller as well. But there's also small people. Um, there's irid- iridium layer dwarves, and there's different colonies of different kinds of people. The Gaia Channel people doing their shtick always talk about uh, 13 alien races from, you know, the Battlestar Galactica Mormon thing is that there's 13 different aliens from the Zodiac that, you know, Caprica, and they came to Earth and they have, like, war treaty uh, treaty agreements. They can't hurt each other, but on Earth, they can do whatever they want. So they have to live underground on Earth. And so they're all co- and also the, in the moon. So they're cohabitating uh, while colonizing and genetically modifying us, right? 
And there's different lines of that. And then they're interacting with each other, but they have to be very careful how they interact. Some of them being Dracos and being more like Dracos supposedly don't know exactly where they came from, but they destroyed their own home world, et cetera. That's the whole mythology that I've found so far um, about, about the uh, underworld. But again, Telos is supposed to be like not necessarily a great place. Like the, the people think, oh yeah, like it's so great underground. Like the same way with the it's aliens. It's like but underground. Well, kind, I mean, it's like Dark Crystal Underground, right? The idea of there are good and bad and people having their souls sucked out is probably... I, mean, I did a remote view with a girl who was telling me that like, while we were I want channeling... To say, you're a Pisces, so you can do that. Never doubt it. Which, which, which <laughs> you bit? You can remote view. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Well, no, I just had... So she's a Britney Spears body double, which is a whole other thing that's going on. And... She had me on Facebook. I want to get her on the podcast. I know. <laughs> I was like, What? <laughs> Yeah, she's Juliana cool. Yeah, 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 Julia, yeah. Uh, Galana, uh, Galasso. She, you know, the bread, you know, the Galasso sourdough bread. That's her family bread, yeah. So, but she's cool. And um, so, she, so when we her did dad a, was like, let's make bread. He was <laughs> both handing it. Yeah, you know, a good Italian thing to do is make bread. Kind of like Papa John's idea, although I think he's German. Schnatter, but yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm sure you can go on for a long time. I'll just briefly want to mention a few things, even in terms of the bread. So I'll mention that first. Have you been aware in terms of reset and all of that, that it was apparently around 1850 that the seedling within bread started to be industrially removed to make it easier preservable, but this incredibly deteriorated the quality, removed all kinds of minerals and potentially even monatomic gold. Yeah, I can't even imagine. Everything. And what did that cause in terms of, you know, bodily somatic feeling, sent everyone into starvation mode and they maybe not even notice because it looks and tastes as almost the same so that's uh, the first example that's the first example of what they did to fast foods in general where they take things you're familiar with that your your staple foods and then they destroy them so bread's like the first one i luckily i think i've only ever had a few pieces of bread like that in my life you know like i think i was in prison once and i had a sandwich that was made of like that white kind of bread when i was in bolivia um, but for the most part, like I've seen it in movies, like Wonder Bread, right? But like I never had Wonder Bread. You and can I know do it yourself. It's not so hard to do it actually. You just need to uh, bake your own bread. I have a friend. Right. We have this, bread. So we have a uh, Ian from the show. He has a bread machine and makes bread. Like has a robot that m- makes the bread. Basically, um, you can ma- and you should. I like pumpernickel breads and like those dense seeded breads and things like that. I go for like heavy seed. I like to sprout seeds. So what you do is you take all the seeds you're going to use and you soak them for eight hours before you put them in because it activates their, you know, digital Noah's archive to start producing their little planet inside them. Right. So exactly. That's, that's the other way. And to then, do then it goes into your inner earth, you know, and then it goes right in that, right in that Agartha. And, and then just to, to respond to all the things you said. So there are similar stories, you know, even Shambhala was on the map. I guess there are stories all around the earth for these kind of places even for Austria in Salzburg, there's something called Untersberg. Oh yeah, I've point, been to Untersberg. That's oh, nice. actually, I've, I've been there. <laughs> so, and there is just stories. I only read those stories about dwarf kind of people coming up and all Dude, kinds of Dude, come on. You've seen dwarves stuff. around Salzburg. There are dwarf. I saw a hunchback lady once and she just yelled at me because I was wearing a silver shirt. She was angry. It was 2001. Well, prob- like, probably a dwarf, yeah. Do you know about, do you know about the Untersberg treaties? <laughs> oh, no, no. Tell me about it. So, so Austria has Salzburg mines that go into Germany. They go underground into Germany and for a thousand years or something like that, right? 
right? So, and probably a lot longer, actually, if you look into it, salt mines go back in Salzburg, probably like to BC times, you know, and you have people preserved in salt. Yeah. They're like in a mountain of salt and their, their bodies, you have these little Gaelic people that are small that are preserved in salt. And then you have giant people that are preserved in salt. You can see the different generations of people that have died trying to get salt out of this cave. And salt's one of the most important preserving things, health medicines, you know, it's good for your blood. Like it's a huge, like elite thing. So the fact that Germany uh, didn't control the salt mines on their side and allowed them to keep digging underneath Germany and built these treaties to let them go for like, I don't know how many tons of miles into Germany, but Yes, yeah, that's that's a big thing. It's like that whole so area. Fatherland, no, no. It's like yeah, it was controlled by fatherland. A reach around. Stop. Well, it was controlled by the Austro-Hungarian Empire at the time, right? As opposed to, uh, I don't know if it was the Weimar Republic or who controlled like Western uh, München and all these kingdoms, but they didn't have precedent there, even though they owned the land above it. Like so the Austro-Hungarian Empire is like, well, you can't get down there as like easily as we can. So. As far as I understand, I mean, salt, certainly elite, also, I think, very much monopolized, at least in Austria. Totally. And again, main difference, you know, we have table salt, which is crap for your health. That's why this recent documentary, even how much sodium should you have, you know, and it's like unlimited <laughs> amounts if it's real salt, you know, that's the right. simple difference because it contains all the minerals. Then one like side thing in terms of earth shapes, have you ever seen this let's call it globe skeptic documentary which included an image of the moon and then uh, a negative of that or a reverse coloring and then you can pretty much put an earth map on top of it yeah the only issue is that your known earth map or un map or whatever would only show about one third of the actual surface and of course the question is what's the rest i'll let you reply and the other thing just briefly is that both in borderlands 3 and Assassin's Creed Odyssey and potentially all those high-class games of which I never seen so much, they all have some variant of like underground stuff, underground tombs, ancient reset stuff, even Iridium in not Iridium, but I think Iridium or whatever in Borderlands, which is would be that material, right? So it's certainly being seeded through all those high-level culture creating mechanisms. Yeah. Right. That's yeah. Exactly. So emerald emeralds come from vanadium, which is the 23rd element. Iridium is the 77th element. And there's this Alvira's uh, hypothesis, which is that the dinosaur period that the meteor was iridium, you know, and that's really like a 50s story. But the idea is still that um, we've observed a layer of iridium that doesn't exist anywhere else. It's one layer. And it's like, how does it get here? One story is from the sky, the other is it comes from volcanoes. And this is cool for flat earthers and for, you know, inner space reality people is that basically anything that you say comes from above could have gone out of the earth and landed. Uh, I just yesterday was talking to a guy who was telling me his belief that the moon is a plug in the uh, firmament from where the Noah's raining draining uh, happened. And I was like, oh, that's, that's an interesting, uh, I don't know how I feel about it or anything, but there's definitely this idea that things are being projected into the sky from below and that we're seeing also blue because of some frequency that's shifted and it's covering and blinding us, right? Blue is a lie. And it's, it's, if you look at the color spectrum, it takes far too much of the bar of the, the, the frequencies. And there should be, you know, the way there's infrared, there should frequency be infra redaction is what you're saying. It's there should be infrared blue. Much. There yeah. should be infrared blue. And the fact that we don't have that means that when we look at the sky, we're not seeing what they used to describe, which was brilliant stars in the day. 
And Homer is in his Odyssey talked about the sea being wine and honey colored. So things were different, and that wasn't very long ago. And all of a sudden now we see less because we see this other thing. So we've been and that's a very Blavatsky point. I think she has the Bluebird story, which led into you know Baum was a Blavatskyite, and so when he wrote Wizard of Oz, it talks a lot about that in a lot of ways as well. Great. You like. You like keep going. I gotta roll this. Yes, he's crazy. Um, I mean, there's uh, we last time. One of the last times you were on here, we were talking about the color blue. I don't think it was the exact last time, but maybe. Um, so it okay. Uh, yeah, the iridium thing. I'd heard about that, and it's funny because there's actually the guy who wrote the short story for Arrival. Uh, Ted Chang or something like that. He's got a Chinese name. I think he's a Chinese American. Uh, he's got like 10 short stories and one of them, and I don't want to spoil it. They're all worth reading. It's like a book of his short stories. And one of them is like literally like super m drug mentalism kind of like, well, imagine like Magneto and Xavier doing like mental steroids against each other. It's just like crazy. I was like, it felt like I was an acid as reading it. Cause it's like, I've taken this drug and it's experimental. And all by the end, it's just like, ah, I'm the mastermind and I've got all this shit going. It's like, holy fuck. But the first thing in that is basically this ziggurat tower of Babel situation where they puncture the, you know, these Jewish people or whatever takes months to get to the top and they're excavators and they're chipping through and they puncture and there's a flood and then he like swims up spoiler you should still read it swims up and he finds himself where at the you know at the beginning of it right it's this oroboral feedback loop type thing we've got to be it takes a very certain malleability like you were saying earlier of malleability of very mercurial gemini and dare i say uh lover's card energy for people to hold it's like an optical illusion if you're looking at the old woman you're never going to see the upset you know the beautiful woman you're not going to see the old woman and when you could see both that's kind of where we're trying to go i'm not saying yes agartha exists but i'm like I've heard the other models enough that I'm willing to hold this model and kind of compare and contrast and see how it vibes. Uh, I've been to caves like Loray Caverns in um, Virginia. Caves are amazing. I'll do acid in a cave if you guys want to go in a cave. I mean, come on. Let's, we let's should go to Jewel Cave. Under Mount Rushmore, the long, longest cave in America, Jewel Cave. Just miles and miles of crazy stalactite and slagmite. Just beautiful, crazy place. I'd say that's probably a place to check out. But in general, so. Saltburg, you can see in the untermines of Salzburg, you have these like columns and towers that are uh, made of salt that have been hand carved, you know, and they're like 20 feet tall in some places. They look like huge uh, rooms, like offices and stuff, like in like really fancy fashion. Some places have been carved out. Like I'll, I'll see if I can find like salt carved hotel. If you can find an example. It's like a Captain Nemo's lounge underground. Yeah, totally. And, and you know, one of the things is like COVID and things can't get you in salt. That's like a why uh, Putin just built recently a giant salt room that's made completely out of carved salt. See, and this is carved to look like stones. You know, this is actually ingrained into the ground. They're not actual tiles. Um, I mean, this is like Epsom salt on steroids. Yeah, like nothing. Like, I am not, awesome. <laughs> viruses cannot survive in a room that's made 100% out of salt. So that's that's one of the reasons why a lot of health nuts are building full-on salt places. Um, and people that live in salt are doing really well. And there's like salt pools, salt flats, um, but salt mines underground can be, you know, like it's salt. It's really easy to carve. So it can look really beautiful. And so you, it's not like what people think necessarily. Like it's it can look like Victorian or anything else, you know, underground. Rafael, you have any questions? I want to start picking your brain as much as you want to divulge about 
Vice and Papa John's. Well, uh, you got to wait on the. What the fuck is going wait, on? On the okay, at least on Papa John's, I can answer that. The rest of it, I want to wait until it's a surprise. But until it drops, right. but but Papa Papa John is a cool guy. So I don't know what you heard, but like when I I'd heard he was like a racist, racist? old man or sure. something. Yeah. Turns That's out, whatever. Turns out, what actually happened was they stole his company by recording him like some executive guy who's trying to blackmail him. Uh, he's like, what do you think about Colonel Sanders saying, you know, the N word or he got him to, he tricked him into this whole thing where he was saying, I think it's terrible that Colonel Sanders said the N word, but they cut it to him just saying N word basically. And they extrapolated and like, well, anyone would have to look at the state, give us $6 million. And then they got him kicked off his own board and they took over his pizza company. And the irony being, he's like the nicest guy. Like what, I mean, I know it's like cliche to say, but he's like one of the greatest dudes I've ever met. Like he's like such a good like a really like mitzvah for people. And Papa John's pizza when I eat pizza is good pizza. Like yeah. So the deal was Domino's sucks. The reason we were curious was because like we're looking through pizzas to order for a company and like it doesn't have chemicals added to it. Like there's Splenda in uh, the other in Domino's and stuff. So we're looking for pizza that doesn't have that. And all of a sudden we found, uh, you know. Not only that, but the franchises, the way it works is they get a, like a the satisfaction. They get like a bonus. It, they used to. But when they fired him or got him off the board, they took all the money they were giving to people for incentivization of working hard and doing good pizza and like not putting chemicals and whatever, like trying to do a good job. They took all that and they just gave it to bonuses to the dudes that were blackmailing him. So like Animal Farm, but with pizza. Yeah. And so the thing was, though, is like the perfect move because cancel culture is so strong that like no one's going to like question it and like no one's going to stand up for him and be like called standing up for a racist. Right. So it was like, wow, they this is how they destroy things. And the irony being this guy was like doing all these like, you know, things that Bernie Sanders talks about, like giving money to the workers for doing, you know, I mean, like bonuses and stuff rather than giving it to himself and using organics as much as possible and when not like trying to figure out if they can buy a farm area because they could they were only going to put pizza places if they could do it at least healthy you know and so it's it's so crazy to watch what's happening to um they're destroying that ethic essentially and he's trying to get it back right now but it's uh he might have to work on another another thing you know but it's it's a really good lesson i think on how corporations work and how they'll just take over your idea if you let them into to running this thing and i've had papa john's dude in like chile in like spain you know not that it's my first choice ever to go get an american pizza someplace but people like it like i'll be with some friends and they'll be like let's get i'll be like do you want to get choriana and something like a completo I'll be like no 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 let's not get let's get a it's a reliable let's just go get a pizza we want like that they, garlic sauce dip bro yeah the garlic sauce dip man and those like pepperoncinis i mean I, I don't know it's pretty he's a he's a cool guy the other thing is he's like he's all about forgiveness um and he's trying he invited us to hang out in the future also like he's just he's just a nice person he's coming from a judeo christian ethic with that forgiveness yeah or? he okay so yeah. that's the other thing the way you said he totally it, he like, totally okay there, he totally is but like he was a, one of the things i really respect uh, respected the hardcore was that he does he did not and he would not push any of that on anybody ever like he loves uh you know he's definitely a spiritual person who believes in objective truths and god and you know but he's never going to be like trying to say you have to believe what i believe or anything like that stuff crust your pizza unless you. it was just it was just so cool like yeah actually take the time to watch his episode on uh the irl cast because honestly he's a cool guy and he really is you know uh 
he's he's been dealt a bad card but like i think it's a good example for all of us like how we have to like come back to working together on trying to make solutions you know i dig it i mean you're just like he got dealt a bad card i'm like admiral bird i mean it's weird based off of um Raphael's presuppositions it's like we're giving ourselves cards and then hopefully we can laugh about it one day i guess that's where i'm at now i'm just like holy shit these are lessons hyperdimensional lessons i mean that sounds crazy and mystical and stuff but it's like you have an electromagnetic lesson you have a dna lesson you have a cultural lesson you have all sorts of lessons uh hopefully he i mean maybe he'll never regain that level of whatever but as long as his character is intact i mean he won you know to win the world but lose your soul it's like he might have lost the world but he hasn't lost his soul it doesn't feel like Right. Yeah. No, I, I think in a lot of ways he seems like very soulful and like he's got a good family and he's still working on other stuff and stuff. But like, you know, this is what happened to Apple. Shambhala location. Papa John, we need a Shambhala location. Yeah, that's, right. That's the next thing. He's got a jet. We'll use it to take us to Shambhala, right? Like Admiral Bird will fly right in. But the, the the thing is like he's got other things in the future, but it's like Apple did this to Steve Jobs. Remember, he they kicked him off the board. He created another company and he took it back through Next, right? So maybe he's going to do something way cooler. Uh, and I think that, yeah, pizza is just – he did pizza because he was young when he started a pizza company. I think he could do like a bigger thing. So maybe he should start like a – think tank you know papa john's think tank like would be a thing like he's he's a little bit more all these people are so much more interesting than you'd ever realize i think that's a big thing about the show like when you talk to people you're like oh wow they have like a really like a lot to their personality in their lives you know i think that's like the same with papa john <laughs> he's more than just a guy who's wearing a red shirt with a thumbs up like i mean yeah better no he wasn't even wearing a red he brought it with him but he was wearing a black shirt when i talked to him so it's like you know like he's just himself <laughs> He introduced me. He was like, he's like, hi, I'm John. I'm like, really? Your name is John. No way. <laughs> Psychedelic. <laughs> Could have fooled you. And then he shows you his um, squatch titties. And then everything. He's ripped. Crazy. He's ripped and healthy. So no squatch and doesn't titties. Look... No, he's ripped. He's like pretty healthy. And uh, he looks like he runs or something and he like lifts. But um, yeah, one of the things is he'll look at a pizza and he'll tell you like, oh, they didn't do it perfectly. Like, oh, the yeast wasn't enough on this side. That piece isn't going to be as good as that piece. Uh, like, like he's meticulous, which is pretty rad. All I'm thinking about when you say that is like the Shasta entrance isn't as nice as the uh, King Cave of Solomon or Lassen. I think I think Lassen is the better entrance. So Shasta, I was going to go. There was a remote view, and then there was a fire, and then from that we ended up going to um, Lassen is about fifty miles. It was on the border of the Shasta County. It's on the east of it, and also north. It's like on the border of Oregon as well. So Lassen again, like all of these shoots are connected to each other, and everyone's talking about Shasta, but they're forgetting that like Lassen is like the lava flow caves and the lava bed national monument. And that's the best place probably I could think of to look. So we were going to Skull Cave, Valentine Cave, um, a number of the different caves in that area, which are mile deep. Some of them, some of them are very large, but none of them so far, I mean, that we found have connected directly to like a shoot into a, the hollow earth however military bases are everywhere around there so you have to assume that they've already like found those caves they got all the good spots for <laughs> they sure. killed the yeah. smurfs however like you everywhere we went there are stories and accounts from people that have said they met people underground that were you know disguised as human but seemed kind of weird then they got away or you know there's people but that my disappeared question would be, what would be the reasoning for underground people to even come up 
and run around in robes and scare someone or whatever. Like, right. I, well, I'm interested well, to know. They're like, I want to trip out. <laughs> yeah, let's visit one. the zoo. Let's visit the well, plantation, I, I surface dweller plantation. I kind of, exactly. Right? Like, so what if you're a super soldier and you're not supposed to deal with people? What are you going to do? You're going to be most excited about when you go to hostels. I think the same thing about aliens underground or whatever. You're like, you'd want to see what was happening, get a sandwich. I'd love to get a sandwich from an alien world. That's like my whole idea right there. So we'll visit Quarks, Deep Space Nine. Yeah. I think anybody wow. who's anybody, yeah, Quark is also the rules of acquisition. Like anybody, Dude, I have an attachment. Like I like Star Trek Next Generation because it's like whatever sentimental. Like I grew up on it. I'm watching this. I'm only on. I'm on. I'm binging and I'm watching at 1.5 speed, which let me tell you, kind of makes my reality feel weird wow. going to work. Oh, that's it's fine. It's good, but it's like yeah. But it's cool. I'm a Gemini. I can handle. Um, Dang. I'm at five season five now. I'm You're like I'm Data. All right, Data. Not quite, but um, what was I trying to say with this, uh, dude? You were saying the rules of acquisition. Even that, like I'm. Just, it's such good storytelling and characterization. I mean, the storytelling is good for Star Trek, where I'm like, I actually kind of care about what they're doing, and they're contiguous, so it's not like just random. Like, it feels like there's a th- th- a thread, like illusions. Like, even um, I forget the kind of species they are, but there's like this basically like mentally handicapped uh, trickster species that traps Jordy the Forge and tricks him in the first one. They're always showing them in costume on the station, but not talking about them. Uh, anyway, point is, the rules of acquisition are fucking hilarious. Uh, did uh did i tell you whatever did, did i tell you about my mount rushmore experience with deep space nine okay so this is my last story but i was driving across america last week or two and i got to south so you dakota drove. see it drove it's a donor road trip bro i'm telling you Equinox it was red yeah i do but now my car is on the east coast but i could just fly which is the most logical because i've also flown several times since i've driven i just fly like all the time now so we'll, we'll figure it out point being uh, I get my car to Mount Rushmore and I'm thinking this is not what I expected. You know, the faces are a little smaller. It's really high up there. There's underneath Mount Rushmore is this like, um, first off walking in, there's all the flags to America and even not States like Puerto Rico and other places that, you know, don't count. And there's like ice cream shop from Thomas Jefferson. It says, did you know that Thomas Jefferson didn't just write, parts of the Constitution Declaration of Independence, but he actually invented the first ice cream recipe, and it's written down right here, and we have some, and it costs a dollar more than the non-Thomas Jefferson ice cream. Okay, so we have all this ice cream that's in our hands, and we're walking up in was front it of good? it. It was all right. It was like vanilla okay. bean. Okay. Yeah, it was all right. I think I make better ice cream. I got one of these things, like a freezing pan, and you pour cream on it, and it freezes, and you scrape it, and you twirl the ice cream. You got to see it on Cast Castle. I'll show you sometime. TJ would approve. <laughs> Yeah. So um, anyway, I'm there. And then all of a sudden they're like, and now Mount Rushmore is about to present the American dream or something like that. And then this projector shows up. Actually, there's a lady complaining about how her dad wasn't respected as a soldier for a while. Then she's gone. The projection comes on. And all of a sudden it's like America, the best. And then this voice starts to play. I'm like, that voice is so familiar. It's like in the beginning of America. And I'm like, wait, that's Captain Cisco, and I'm like listening to this, and I'm I'm live streaming this. So you can watch this on my YouTube channel. Uh, I put the phone in front of the camera while it's talking. I'm like, you know what? You can't even see the screen that well. I'm gonna put Captain Cisco's face, and I just have pictures of Deep Space Nine, 
and I'm scrolling through it while he's talking about the you American his dream. Klingon version. I just did the where they did the whole like uh, sack for to get the Klingon oh, right. video with Odo <laughs> and his physicalized body. It's crazy shit, but uh, no, that that would have been the best. Like, and uh, side note, um, two things that come to mind with Mount Rushmore. I think Richie Rich isn't that like where the secret base was in that movie? Yeah, yeah. well, there is and, like, like yeah, all, all these, and all this stuff. All these yeah. underground caves in South Dakota that are the biggest cave systems that lead. Those are some of. That's why South Dakota is like that's where one of the craziest entrances to the military controlled city, whatever. And if they're aliens, they're whatever aliens are working with the United States government. I'll tell you what, cause that's, that's the entrance to some weird stuff. And oh. yeah, I'd like to put my face on Mount Everest cause I get it. Like that's, that must be a crazy place. That, there's a reason why the natives have all these stories about that, having spirits in the Hills, lightning riders, you know, light beings, Pleiadians underground. That's the, that's the, the center of the underground stories. You know, the the, the Black Mountains, right? The Black Hills. So off in the holes, Dakota. The little yeah. boy named Rocky Raccoon or something like that. Um, yeah, that song's been in my head a lot recently. I didn't even connect that. But good point. There you go. My brother, he's a – I mean, I don't know if he's a big Redditor now. I've been on Reddit for like eight years or something like that. I'm not that active. But he went to Mount Rushmore with my dad on a road trip and somehow took uh, with a nice camera, like his uh, camera, his Nikon or whatever. Um, I guess – I don't know how to put it, but like they closed the park, but basically they were allowed. He basically posted a picture of Mount Rushmore with either the full moon on it or something weird that was atypical and not usually visible nice. public. And it was like on the front page, like up wow. the so I haven't been there. I don't really care about it, but I mean, well, South Dakota is awesome. Shit. It's actually more about everything around Mount Rushmore. You know what I mean? <sighs> like South Dakota is legit. Like it's really beautiful. It's the perfect time to go. Um, there's lakes everywhere, mineral lakes, black Is it like Colorado? Stone. Or what's it like? It's, it's like be- it's, I don't Tennessee, want to say it's better. I don't want to say it's better, but it's like Tennessee, Colorado, I guess. Yeah. yeah. It's but like it's, a lower it's, it's a lot more flat a lot of the time. It's hills, yeah. not mountains, but it's yeah. beautiful. I like it a lot. I guess Colorado is comparable. I like Colorado, but it's different. You I'm know, stuck here, but that's whatever. Colorado is well, great, but it's just like, it's not, it's not like, um, it's not like the 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 West Virginia feel. You know what I mean? There's like no, a conf- it's not middle of there's a Confederate feel out there. You know, I like it. There could be moonshiners. <laughs> I like that. There. All right, dude. Well, we love having you on. We got to get you on more. Do more stuff. I do want to hang out at some point. I mean, I yeah, we'll definitely make it happen soon. Let's do a road trip. So I was kind of like spun thoughts. Let's hang out. But uh, let's hang out for real. Definitely. At some point. Keep doing your shit. We'll get you back on. I got to check out these episodes you're doing. Uh, yeah guys check yeah, out check away. out check out cast castle on youtube i'm on this new show called cast castle if you want to see me make ice cream with my freezing pan or you know actually we're doing all kinds of stuff. i made a bitcoin hot tub that crypto mines in order to heat up there's all kinds of cool stuff on that channel and what so cast, are you doing so go to cast <laughs> castle millions of people are standing by with you to enjoy cast castle cast castle also, Exertus, as you can see here, is where my my media. I just start typing that in places. If you look for me, you'll find me. I'm on everyone's channel. I'm trying to spread myself like a thin like film across. Look for me, and you will find me. <laughs> yeah, well, it was insight in mind, in mind, insight. If you type my name now, I've tried to spread myself like a thin film across the now as much as possible. It is many other people's shows. So, like Sam Tripoli. Um, conspiracy castle there's just so many you know figure out where you can find another episode of exertus look on instagram look everywhere you can see what i got out there now there's a lot yeah we've never hung out but you're one of my favorite um human zoo uh you know things or whatever you know you're an interesting character oh speaking of of human 
Speaking of human zooming, go to exertus.com, brand new website. It's actually pretty chill. And andreas.me. Uh-huh. That's right. <laughs> I better see some Piscean poetry. I oh, dude, you'll love some poetry. If you go to on, like, you, oh. uh, all right, hold on. Now you have to see it because you said that. Check this out. I literally did this basically for you. Hold on. Andreas.me with the Piscean energy right at the top there, that fish, you know? And then all kinds of stuff. All my links to all my other places. You can get to the video media catalog. You can get to the community chat rooms. You can get to the Exertus. The Exertus, you can find out more about me. You can get to my resume. You can contact me. You can you can get involved. So we're gonna have to hire him, Rafael. Yeah. And buy my t buy my t-shirts and my and my fanny packs and my socks and my yoga mats and my towels and buy my leggings because they're tight. They're tight tights. All right. Made of lycra. I got a suggestion (laughs) for a tagline for you. It is Exertus, the thread that connects the multidimensional crystal of creation or the holographic universe. That's definitely bumper sticker. That's way better than the open source mystery school grifter. I appreciate it. Thank you. (laughs) Grifter. Yeah, definitely. You're cool as fuck. Keep it real. Keep doing your thing. I mean, it's, I'm glad that we're entering kind of an Aquarian age where you can be this weird and it's okay. Yeah, I like, love you, know, you guys. To, like put him in a cage. <laughs> hey, man, all of my stuff's open source. So if you want to print your own versions of these shirts, you can do that. I won't stop you. <laughs> well, I won't. But Rob, I'm like, I'm too lazy. Raphael knows this. Anyway, it's been a pleasure. Always. I'll finish Deep Space Nine. We'll have to have an episode on fucking Star Trek. Yeah, we're talking about Voyager and Seven of Nine and the Borg and the Cooperative and Unity. And you have to see the Origin episode, Forbidden Origin, uh, Season 3, Episode 7. All right. Love you guys. On we'll it. do it again soon. Mahalo, dude. Thank you so Adios. much, Andreas. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Thank, Thank you, guys. Love you guys. Enjoy. Love you guys.